know the vibes. We are back for another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K22. And today is a very special episode. We've already reached episode number 50. So I thought it's only right, myself, Momootsi, alongside three-time NBA champion BJ Armstrong, to bring in a special guest who knows a thing or two about dropping 50. Mm. <laughs> you know, after episode 50, we got to make it special. And here we have a man who's dropped 50 more than a couple times in the NBA. <laughs> Big inspiration to all the hoopers worldwide. One of the realest to ever do it. A man that can still come and cook on any team. Mr. Jamal Corbin. Thank you for joining us today, sir. How are you? Hey, hey Mo, that's a heck of an introduction. I don't know if the interview's gonna top that. But that was the introduction. I appreciate it. You got my big homie, you got my big homie on here. Oh, yes, man. sir. Yes, yes sir. We, yes, we need love. to show some love to BJ too, because he's been having to deal with me and argue about the NBA for 50 episodes already. And there's no chance yes. of us slowing down. So shout out to BJ hey, as well. Bro, when, you, when you're talking, when you're talking basketball, BJ. You ain't arguing, you learning. You just don't know. It. You learn. That's, 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 that's a basketball. Piece. Y'all know right. You're, you're speaking facts. You're speaking facts. But there's, there's one or two issues where there's one or two issues where we have to disagree that our listeners will know about. But Jamal. <laughs> Where do we begin, BJ? I don't even know where to begin. This is- I don't. You know what? I can't begin. I can't begin. We don't start. We don't finish. We just continue. That's what JC do. First of all, this is. This is family. I this isn't a guest. Absolutely. This is Absolutely. family. This is my guy. I I've been knowing him since Lord knows how long. Let's go um, back. Let's go back then. When did you first to cross paths with each other? I knew about him before he knew about me. Like I was the the biggest Chicago Bulls fan, so I had the the breakaway sweats at the time. You know, I'm watching their run and watching everything they brought to the table, and I loved MJ so much. I loved everything that MJ represented, Chicago. So I started learning Chicago so much, I knew everybody on the team. And BJ always had that swag with him. You could tell, <laughs> you, know, you could tell, you could tell like, with, with, with their team, and you know, the league at that time was real like vets, right? Grown men, it was a men's league. But BJ always stood out to me because he always looked so young and he always had the, the fresh kid. cut. So I'm watching him. <laughs> if you go back to Michael Jordan air time, Remember, MJ's son said, BJ's my favorite player. So I always had my eye on BJ way before. And then we actually officially met. I was 19 when I drafted right. to school. Right. And that's when I was like, yo, like, this is big. He taller than I thought he was. Like, I'm sizing him up. This is my <laughs> scene so right? My whole life. And he was just, he always treated me like a young man. I was a kid, but he didn't treat me like a kid. He always was like, yo, this is how you do it. When you first go, when you come in the game, you got to have a suit on. You got to have a tie on. You know what I mean? When you go in the garden, you got to be knotted up. That was his word. You got to be knotted up, right? Little, little intricacies of the game he always gave me. If somebody picks you up full court, you got to turn around and pick them up full court. It's the game within the game. So he was teaching me stuff that I wasn't even fully grasping at the time. But when I got it, it's the stuff I teach kids now and young men now. Because I'm like, whoa, that was like life-changing stuff he was giving me. It was the foundation and really kind of the blueprint to how my career would go. But to answer your question, sorry so long-winded, but I had to big up my big dog. Yeah. 19 was the first time I officially met him. Yeah, I, I remember when we first met officially, but I had my eye in watching JC um, from Kurt, right? Curtis, uh, what's yep. Curtis, like? Kurt, yeah, Curtis Thompson. Yeah, Curtis was the coach at University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And he kept telling me, there's this kid out here at Rainer. What's the name of the school you want? Rainer, Rainer Beach. Rainer, Rainer Beach. Beach. Rainer Beach. Yeah. And I remember 
taking a ferry. I don't know if JC even remember. So I go to Seattle. I take a ferry over to Rainer Beach. And I saw this young kid. But I was just there. I was just, I snuck in. And then um, I I really started watching you at Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then at uh, Chicago pre-draft. Pre-draft, yeah. Mm -hmm. And JC came, he put his name as a, you know, you were young kid, I think your sophomore year, right? I think you put your name Yeah, I was going to go back to my sophomore year. Yep. Sophomore year. And, and JC had an incredible, like, couple days. I mean, yes. it was so good. <laughs> he, it, it wasn't like good. It was like he was cooking. He was like the JC that you remember. That's what we saw in like a day or two. So suddenly mm-hmm. JC went from, I don't even know what you was projected to like lottery. Yeah. No. And he was just cooking. Like, I mean, it was like the buzz of the camp was JC. It was like, now how do we get this guy? And at the time, you know, rest in peace, Jerry Krause. I remember we were sitting there and, you know, we had this thing in Chicago. We love big guards. Yep. And when I saw JC, I said, that's a point guard who can mimic the two guard. I never thought JC was ever going to be a two guard. <laughs> I always thought he was going to be a big two guard, a big point guard who could score if need be, because... Everything that we talk about, JC, you know, the flash, the handles and all of that. What I saw was a player who was incredibly gifted with the fundamentals of the game, who could do the other things. The other things was like a distraction. You know, JC had incredible fundamentals of the game. Long story short, we ended up drafting, you know, JC. And that was like our whole draft effort was, you know, a part of getting him. And that was my first year in the front office and we were Mm -hmm. thrilled to have him jc was incredible he was there and that's when i first got a chance and the thing that was always so impressive was his ability to listen he just took things from people like he would talk to jerry west he would talk to you know this guy he would talk but he was able to absorb this and apply it when he played even though he was so even though he was so young so it's a pleasure to have him because I've watched his entire career. I re- I can still remember you and I talking after your first 50 point game in Toronto. Yeah. And you called me right after the game. I can still remember that. That's and crazy. I remember him telling me, he said, B, I didn't figure it out how to score in this league. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and I remember him telling me that. And then I remember, <laughs> and I remember telling and I remember this. And I remember this because Pete Myers and I still laugh about it because we was like, Pete and Pete and I, who we worked together, Pete said, BJ, I hope he don't fall in love with scoring. With scoring, yeah. And I said, mm-hmm. Pete, I don't know. He didn't figure out how to score now. We're going to see because we always thought that JC was going to be the 6'5 point guard yep. because he could, Jabal could, Jabal could not only score, he could control the tempo of the game. He knew all of that. But he, I remember when you called me, I remember, I can remember how excited you was, but I remember we were nervous because we said, JC said, B, I didn't figure out how to score in this league. And as they say, the rest is history. That's <laughs> hey, hey, Mo, Mo. And to add on to what he said, he's absolutely right. From the first part of Chicago camp, I wasn't on the draft radar. Some people were saying 
I was going to disappear from the game forever by putting my name in the draft. Like, what are you doing? Right. You're about to disappear. Right. What you... And I go to Curtis Townsend calls me. I don't even go to the first day of Chicago. Right. My That's representation right. is like, don't. I didn't go and Curtis. You got to get here. You can. You can do your thing here. You need to be here. I go on the first fly out to Chicago. I played two days. <laughs> in those two days, Mo, they said at the time nobody's name had ever shot up faster with the exception of Scottie Pippen and he drafted that high. Oh, they that's said crazy. if the draft was a week, a, a few days later, yeah. you would have been drafted it, even higher because it was like, it was a rush at that point. And, right? and think about it, if, if that was in the social media era today, everyone oh, would be wow, losing their yeah. minds right now. Imagine that happening. A kid that yeah. no one's got on their radar right now, all of a sudden picked up in the lottery. Imagine the reactions that would happen today. That, that would be unheard you're, you're, of. You're absolutely right. And the thing about it was, it was like my team won every game. I shot the ball well. I, I don't think you, you know, missed a shot. He, he literally, when I'm saying this, Mo, he yeah. literally didn't miss a shot. That's crazy. Yeah. In like two days. days. And that's against in all like the best prospects days. in that draft class yeah. as well. Yep. And, and Mo, it got to the point, teams were like, you don't even have to come here and work out. Just come <laughs> talk to us. <laughs> no, oh, you're going to like that. Mo, Mo, I've never said that story, but this is the truth. Be yeah. brought out of me. Yeah. They said, you don't even have to come work out. Just yep. come talk to us. I start going to team just to talk to them. Who did you just think to was going to draft you? Who did you, th- did you have any idea that it was going to be Chicago or did you have another team that said to you, we're going to try to pick you here? What was that process like on draft night? So I remember Rick Patino calls my hotel room that day of the draft. And at the time, Boston had like the 10th, 10th pick. And we, I never worked out for him. I never talked to them. And he said, I'm just telling you right now, if you're there at 10, we'll take you. Same thing with Orlando, Doc Rivers, and the same thing uh, with Joe D in Detroit, because I've been riding around with him. Right. Riding around Mark Cuban. Me and Mark Cuban just talked about this a, a couple months back. He's like, man, you remember I took you around your draft? I said, now I'm going to forget that. They missed miss memories. But I had a feeling that I had a really good, because at the time, Chicago would bring you in for three days. One day was like the psych day. One day was the physical stuff. One day was getting to know you. And I remember I had on all Bulls gear at the draft. I had on a Bulls cut off, walking around that day of the draft. I just, it was just a feeling. I had on Bulls shorts, had on my Jordans, and I had on my bandana because I wanted to be Iverson. I had my bandana on my black bandana on as well. But I, I didn't know because at the time, there's so many rumors, but Chicago's where I wanted to go because I felt like it was a perfect fit. They love big guards. And like BJ said, I wanted to, I came in as a point guard. That's my one regret in my career. One regret is that I didn't stay at the point guard position like you said. That's my one regret. So you talked about wanting to be Allen Iverson just there with a headband, wanting to be Michael Jordan, BJ Armstrong from loving the Bulls in the 90s. But so many hoopers I look at now, I looked at Kyrie score 50 last night. And you look at all the moves Kyrie has in his bag, all the new era of guards, they all look at you as someone who's inspired them, particularly with the handles. But where did you get your game from when you were coming up in Seattle? Imagination. Uh, my dad played. He played at the University of Oregon. He played with Kevin Love's dad. And I've been around a basketball ever since I was two years old. So it's amazing because you got to remember the time I was coming up, Mo, it was like the and one era was in, yep. right? And you had Skip to my Lou, you had AO and Ali Mo and all these guys. In my game, I didn't try to mimic them. My game just was what it was. But my dad was like, look, people are saying you're fancy. I don't think you're fancy. I think you're just playing. But if that's who you're going to be, you have to master your flow. Mm. So what I mean by that is 
if there's 20,000 people there, I'll play the same way. If we're at LA Fitness playing or in a high school gym and nobody's there, I'll play the exact same way. So for me, it's not like an on and off switch, right? Like no disrespect to, to Rafer, but he was Rafer in the NBA, but he was skipped to my lube on the streets. For me, I think I was one of the few or one of the first ones that could bridge the neighborhood game with the professional game and kind of be that bridge where I didn't lose either one. I kind of straddled the fence. It was kind of myself and was able to be accepted on, on both platforms, right? So imagination, I was in the backyard so much, I was sleeping my basketball. I would do stuff and and I would do it and make it up. And I'm like, oh man, that can work. So I would, I never, craziest thing more was I never did ball handling drills in my life. If you gave me a cone right now, I look like I've never drilled before. It was all imagination. I used people as human cones. So in the games, I'll be like, oh, that works on him. I'm gonna keep that. Oh, that doesn't work. That's too much. You gotta cut the fat right there. You can't use that unless too much. And I would do things like that. And I just figured out my own game. The crazy part of it now is when I see trainers on, online, I see kids training, the footwork and the moves they're doing, I'm like, man, that came, not to take pat myself on the back, but I see my, my influence in my game. Where I'm like, that came from my imagination. I never knew that it would be a training tool for the next generation. So it's amazing to watch Allen Iverson. I stole from him. I stole from Baron Davis or Steve Francis or uh, Isaiah Thomas. Jason Williams, you know, Tim Hardaway, BJ, there's so many great ball handlers that are played, and I stole from every single one of them and try to throw it in the gumbo mix and then mix it up and see what I could come out with. JC, I, I've always wanted to ask you this, and I, I wanted to wait here because, you know, you and I talk. When you have that ball in your hand, when you have that ball in your hand and you you on that island, because there's not many players that can get on that island. Okay, when I mean by that island, you it's just you and the defender. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Because you don't duplicate your moves. You do no, no. You you do all types of things. You know, some people are trying to get to their spot. Some people are trying to get to their set of move. You just like I can't defend. You say, okay, I'm gonna take this away from player X. Right. You can't defend you like that. So no. what are you looking at when you on that island? And, and like you said, B, and to add to that, I don't have a pattern. Yeah, no, I'm no, not you a pattern don't. player, right? <laughs> I'm not a pattern player. So for me, my non-pattern is my pattern. Yeah, right? okay. Well, let's and make so, sure to let's make sure people know. Like we say pattern. James right. Harden. Has a he gets it to his bag. They, call, they then, call it a size up now. They go on two yeah, it's called yeah, a size up know, move. But JC is completely different. So go ahead, JC, because I want to hear it. I've been waiting to ask you that for 30 years. Go ahead. B, we had a game the other night on Hooper Vision. And they right. the NBA tweeted and it went kind of viral. And Harden was getting to his move. I said, oh, step back's coming. Because I, I, I picked up on the patterns, right? I watched right. it. So to answer your question, the first thing I'm looking at is his feet and his eyes. I'm look, I was playing the other day. And I saw a dude guard me. He's like, yeah, I've been waiting on this. And I'm dribbling in front of him. And the first thing I noticed is his eyes was following the ball. I said, he's dead. His eyes were following the ball. I said, oh, he's dead. He's dead. I told him, I said, your eyes are watching the ball. You're dead. So I'm always watching that. Then I look at his feet. Because his feet is either one or two things. He's either saying I have a weakness and he wants to see me a certain way because he doesn't think I can go that way. Or in the NBA where defenses are more sophisticated, He's trying to send me that way because that's where the help is. 
So I'm never worried about the guy guarding me. I know I'm gonna beat him. I'm gonna never. Him you never <laughs> ever. JC, hold on. JC, I'm not worried. Twenty about years him. in the NBA, you never worried about the guy that's guarding you. No, I'm always looking at the guy behind you. I'm looking at the second line and the but third even, line. Even if I it's, need to know, even if it's a Tony oh, yeah, Allen, even if it's a Tony Allen, Bruce Bowen, elite defender, does that make any difference, or is it still just not in your vision? Tony Allen makes a little bit of a difference because he takes pride in getting stops like I would making a play offensively. So with him, he gets you in thought. And that's the best place you can get an offensive player in thought. Because if you get them overthinking, the moment they could have saw something clearly, that moment's gone, right? So Tony Allen's a, a little bit of an exception. But playing Bruce, he was active, but it was all designed to send me to the help. And I talked to Malik Rose about that later when we played with the Knicks. He said, Bruce is a good defender, but he knows where the help's supposed to go. So if that help isn't there, Pop isn't getting on Bruce, he's getting on Tim Duncan for not rotating. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm always looking at the second line. I can, I, where's the help coming from? So I'm never worried about the guy guarding. I'm, I'm going to get him out of my business. It's the other one <laughs> behind where I need to know who I want to get a shot. Too easy, right? Man, too easy. I'm going to get him out of my business. He got to go. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to take it a step further. <laughs> Especially with social media now. This is how the game has changed. I'm on the court, right? And I'll come in the game when I was a sixth man. They would say it. The guy guarding me would say, oh, man, I'll be on that tonight. I got him. Got him. Because he's not even worried about stopping me. He's worried about not being embarrassed to be on social media. So now the, what I really want to do is get a score, make something happen. I've already got that. I've already put the fear in his mind. I may get him to do something real quick. I've already put the fear. He's on, he's on there. It's like, oh, man, here we go. He's thinking about social media and how it's going to look instead of stopping me. So I've already won the battle. So for me, I'm never worried about them. I'm looking at their feet. I'm looking at their eyes. But I, I'm looking at the second line of defense. If I want to get J.J. Redick a shot, okay, I'm going to go something to get opposite because I know the defense has to pull, and I'm going to go left to get him a shot right. I'm thinking of the game like that. <laughs> most people most people see it in black and white. Yeah, see it in that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to process. Yeah. This is why I never made it to your level, Jamal, because <laughs> I'm just trying to beat the guy in front of me. I'll worry hey, about the help. Mo, Mo, don't feel bad. There's offensive pros who we talk about this with who have not right. figured that part out. So don't feel bad. The pros have still, you know, some of them are still trying to figure it out. So, like work with me in the summer, this and that. So, JC, I have to ask you this because I always ask elite offensive players you were an elite offensive player still are elite yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gonna get to this jc should be in the league okay he should be in the league but i have to ask you this and because you and i both know him and have a relationship with him i used to always ask michael you know who, like he would tell me like these things like you sam and i like i don't see the game like that but I've watched you enough to know that's how you really play. I mean, I've watched you play, I don't know, it seemed like hundreds of hours of one-on-one when you got, especially right. when y'all was young, like y'all used to right. play one-on-ones. I asked, I said, Michael, who's the best defensive player? He would say Joe Dumars. So I want to ask you, who is the best defensive player you've ever been matched up with? I'm going to mess you up with this answer. I'm not going to mess you up with the answer, but I'm going to mess you up with the follow-up. So here okay. it is. Tony Allen is the best defender I ever played against because he takes pride in that. He doesn't care about scoring. All his energy is to make your life miserable, right? And he was one of the few 
that I would go to sleep and I'd be like, okay, I got him tomorrow. And he would get me in thought a little bit more than I wanted to be in thought. I didn't like that place. I wasn't used to that place. I didn't operate in that place. I didn't live in that place. I lived in a freedom, everything free. Shout out to Tony Allen. Shout out to Chicago. Shout Shout out out. Chicago. Shout out Tony Allen. But what's interesting, and he just said this last year, and I couldn't believe it. They asked Tony Allen the opposite. Who's the best player you played against whose crossover you couldn't do nothing with? They said Allen Iverson. They said this person. They said, you know, he said Jamal Crawford. And it messed me up because I'm like, dude, you're the one person I was worried about and vice versa with the respect. He said, no, I'm telling you, Jamal Crawford's crossover was the best one I ever played against. He said, I watched hours of him. I watched more film on him than I did most people when, like, my pregame stuff. He said, because he'll do this, then he'll do this, then he'll do that, then he'll do that. He said it was no pattern to what he was doing. But on the other end, he had me thinking, like, like when Mayweather was fighting Pacquiao, you could tell he was a little more sharp with his movements because he was like, hold up, you know, than he usually is because he knows that one mistake costs him. Same thing. Man. And that goes back to the randomness that you spoke about earlier. I just want to touch on, you know, something that BJ just mentioned there. Um, Your relationship with Michael Jordan. Am I right in thinking you worked out with him before the draft? You played pickup with him. How did Michael impact your career? And have you got like a story that you could share with the, the fans and the listeners over here? Because, you, you know, in the UK right now, basketball's growing massively. And one of the things that's had a huge impact was when The Last Dance came out last year on Netflix. And that skyrocketed the popularity of the sport of basketball here in London and in the UK. So have you got anything from your personal firsthand experience that you could share with our listeners? Well, first off, Michael Jordan is, I've never seen anything like him. Like, we watch players today, right? And we say, oh, this guy is great. Look what he's doing. He's this or that. Michael was operating in such a space when he played to allow you to dream, which is just different for me to watch. Like, I've watched a lot of players, and they were cold. They had a lot of this, or they had that. They had their superpower, right? All the greats have a superpower. They had their superpower, but him... It was like he had five superpowers in one. And so it was just, he allowed you to dream. And so my dad told me when I was going through the draft process, he's like, man, MJ likes your game. This before social media. I'm like, dad, you don't know Michael Jordan. What do you mean he likes my game? He doesn't tell me. Fast forward, I get drafted to Chicago. Tim Grover calls me and went like, hey, MJ said you can meet him. We had a game that day. We played that day. He called me at six in the morning. I shoot down downtown. I get there by seven. I go. Go in the gym, it's MJ, it's Tim Grover, it's myself. This is my first time ever seeing him anything. And maybe not for B, because they're really tight, right? They want champ, they, they're a whole different thing. But when I first saw him, Mo, it looked like he had a glow around him. I'm like, this don't even look, I don't know what I, I've never seen this before. And I've heard Alan Iverson say this, I've heard other people say this. He has this thing about him. So I walk in there at seven in the morning, he's doing defensive slide drills. He was on the slide board, we had those stuff. Uh, Booties on your feet when you're sliding defense. He's 39 years old. At the time, I don't know. He's prepping for a comeback. But he says, I know you're in season. I've liked your game for a while. You can work out with me this summer. I mean, I call. I leave Mo. I don't want to overtalk. He's working. I call everybody back home. Remember, it's 730 in the morning in Chicago, which means it's 5 a.m., 530 in Seattle. Everybody's asleep. I tell AJ Guy, and I'm like, man, I just saw Michael Jordan. This is crazy. Fast forward to that summer. I go to hoops and I play and we're on the same team and we win. 
And then we win, and we win that day. We win a couple of days. So when you're younger, Mo, you're supposed to work out with your actual team, right? You're supposed to be <laughs> yeah. with your dad by the pool. You're supposed to work out with the pool, right? Yep. Right, see, come on, man. I got to get real. Keep it real, JC. I got to tell like it is. Yeah. So I'm going to my team to work out, but my mind's down here, right? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just doing this to get down here. So one day they called me. And beyond, even if you know this part, they called me and Tim Grover's like, yo, where you at? I'm like, what do you mean? The run don't start till one or two. It's, it's, it's 12. I'm, I'm on my way. He's like, no, MJ's waiting on you to hoop. Right. He's not starting to run until you get here. So that's when we start being on the same team all the time. And Mo, for two straight years, we didn't lose one game. And when I say one game, I don't mean like they won five, we won six that day. We didn't lose a game going to 10 or 11 or whatever it was for two straight years and we played against everybody. And that's when our relationship took off. That's, that's I gotta I gotta add to this story because listen to, to it, it still makes me it still yeah. makes yeah. me laugh. So JC is right. He was playing down there in at Hoops Gym, which is in Chicago, downtown. Because yeah. at the time we were about an hour outside of Chicago. JC was in addition to playing down there, he was working out with us like twice a day to yeah. appease because. Our staff didn't want him to be working out <laughs> down there. True so JC was, was coming to work out with us in the morning. Then you was going from there to play down there in the afternoon. Who would you, who would you plan guys. against? Who would you? What kind of guys would you have playing against you guys in the gym? I'm, I'm gonna say the names. I'm gonna let B finish. I, we played against Antoine Walker, Mike Finley, Penny Hardaway, Ray Allen, legit, Juan legit Howard, guys. That Tim Hardaway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh no! This is this big time. Is, it this was is the like, best was, run you could get. Yeah, this is the it best. It was part two. It was part two of what B and those guys had going with the space gym set. Okay. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, it, 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 referees, it, it, everything. Go ahead, B. I'm sorry. It was it was unbelievable, and I knew MJ because MJ was calling me because I and I told him I said, man, offensively, like he got it. He was like, I got to see right. it. You know, MJ, I I got to see it. he. I say, I'm just telling you, him like you know he he got it, and JC. That's when I knew he loved the game. It wasn't about like, it was just Jay-Z was like, where's the run at? So he was working out with his team, which was us. Yeah. Then he was working out downtown. And I loved it that he was working out because I wanted to know how he was going to fare. Yeah, he because the run. Playing with the best yeah. of the best. Our office was going crazy. He can't be down there. He's not getting his dress. He's not eating right. We got to put muscle on him. And I was like, well, I'll go down there to see, because I just wanted to see the run. And then yeah. JC would come back at night <laughs> and play. And get and, shots and, up and work out. And shot with us. So his life for those two years was just basketball, literally. Because basketball. he had to go down there, come back, and he's right. JC was right. Like, I had to do what I had to do with my team. But he was playing, and all I remember was it was MJ and, 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 and Antoine Walker. All them dudes kept saying, yo, man, this young fella down here, man, he handling his business and MJ took a liking because he knew you loved the game and he loved, he loved JC because he knew he loved it. He didn't, JC don't like basketball. He loved it. And MJ loved that about you. How, how did be Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. sorry. I just want to add one part to what he said and I'll let you go about this. And you're 1 million percent right. When I got to the bubble with the next fast forward 20 years, I text him. And this is the first time I ever asked him this. And it goes right to what you said. I said, and, you know, I had to do my quarantine seven days. I feel like I'm in jail. So I'm just 
my mind's wandering. I'm it's like writing letters in jail. I'm like, I hit him. I said, why did you like my game so much? Like, what about me did you like? This is just last year. I said, what about me did you like? Like, Michael Jordan. What? And he said exactly what B said. He said, I loved your love for the game. The game. Yeah, that's what he. You never cheated. I loved your love for the game. That's exactly what he said. I'm sorry, but I had to say that. Yeah, yeah, I, was yeah, yeah. I, I just have one more question about those days, the early days running with MJ. How did that commercial come about where you played the younger version of MJ? That was crazy because I was, at that point, I had known him. I'd been to his house, played there, everything. And so he didn't hit me directly about it. Somebody hit my agent about it and said, yo, MJ wants him in the commercial. So I'm like, all right, cool. This is crazy. We shot it at the United Center. I remember going down there on a summer day and the director, now looking back, his name was Joe. He directed Space Jam. But I didn't know all that at the time. I'm just a kid. And so we're on the court, and I'm like, well, what's the lines? And they're like, there ain't no lines. Just, just talk. Let me play one-on-one. I'm like, what? He's like, just. So the director's like, well, I want to see you do Duncan. And, 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 you know, MJ was like, yo, JC, don't do all that Duncan stuff. Just let us play. And so we're playing one-on-one. And I'm like, am I trying to play like you? Am I playing like me? Like, what are, like just play. <laughs> so I'm playing. I'm like, I try, to, I try to reach and get it. And that's the line we said, you reach, I teach. That was all like, we just, it's like two, two rappers on a, on a cypher. It's Jay-Z and a young J. Cole coming up, whatever it is. Yeah. Just going, hey, yo, we're doing our thing, right? We're doing our thing, we're doing our thing. Right, right. Like, and I'm like, oh, I got that. He said, you ain't gonna never get this. Like, we just freestyle. And so he said, stay down. Like, we just in the moment. And so then, um, they had another guy from the Globe Trotters. His name is Kevin, Kevin Daly, I believe. Shout out to him. He was doing all the dunking. Right. And my, my part may have been six, seven hours. I actually have pictures from that shoot that I'll send you if you want to put it on here. But it was just like, it was amazing because the, the reverence I've always, and the regard I've always held him in to actually say, hey, I want this kid to be in a commercial with me. And now fast forward 25 years that's a commercial people will look back and say that commercial was like legendary. And I didn't know it was going to be that because it's MJ playing against himself, right? We're about the same height, same kind of build, like it just fit. And it was just amazing something I'll never forget. But yeah, that came from him. Man, that's, that's so iconic. Um, so obviously MJ, huge inspiration for you. Alan Iverson, huge inspiration for you. A topic that was trending a lot recently that I've got to get your opinion on is when ESPN put out their list of the top 75 and they ranked all the players and a few other outlets put out the list. And you said, any list without Kobe Bryant on in the top five, we do not respect it. Could you just elaborate? Because what I find yeah. from talking to players, they well, why are you doing this to JC? Why are you doing this? Than, than the, the media or the fans do. So I just want to get from the player's perspective for the fans to understand why he has that level of respect from his peers. I remember a while ago, long time ago, BJ said, you're as good or as bad as your peers think you are. It's not about always the fans or certain people writing this. Sometimes they have agendas, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they know you, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have their own emotion. But for Kobe, I mean, I caught MJ at the, the Wizards years, obviously, but Kobe was the best player I played against. He was the best. He put a level of fear in in you, your team, the arena, that was like no other. His mentality, along with his work ethic, along with his skill, and the stuff he was doing was like, it was like Jordan-ish. That was the closest thing I had seen to MJ in, in that form. 
And so now you see all these lists and you see, you know, how social media chimes in, how this chimes in. Kobe's peers that lined up against him will tell you. They were like, this dude JC, was- JC, be careful now. You tell, JC, now you tell us the truth now. I leave that alone. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad, JC, no, no, come no, no, on no, no. now. That's what we do. We keep it real here. Ain't no agendas. You can't lie to your consumers and the fans and you can't lie to family. I got to be honest. Ain't no agendas here. Talk your talk, my brother. No, Kobe was like, and this is family, so I'm going to give y'all a story that I've never seen. This has been tucked, but I'm going to give it to B and Mo because it'd be his family. But Kobe was like no other. He could put a level of fear in you and his mentality. Mo, most guys go 0 for 8, 0 for 10. That made him stronger. I'm closer to making the next shot. I'm closer to hitting the game with a shot. His skill level, his mentality, his work ethic was second to none. And when he walked in a room, even with a star full of stars, even those stars would say that they were Kobe right there. He was that guy. So you can put him in any era. You can put him anywhere you want. He's one of the five best basketball players to ever play, bar none. <laughs> Mo. I can't say that, Bo. Hey, Bo. Be, be, Bo. be my line, be. No, no, you ain't. No, you not. No, you not. Because it's the respect for the game. Mm. It's the respect for the fundamentals of the game. Well, it wasn't all of this show agendas. When you got in between them lines, he was there. He was that guy. I, I think Jamal said something interesting I heard the other day in an interview that you did with someone else. You said that you couldn't put those guys like Will, with, with all due respect to these guys, you didn't see them play. And that's one of the reasons why I personally hate these top time. Everyone asks me, Mo, who's who's the top whatever point guards of all time? Who's the top shooting guards of all time? I think every era has its own greatest players of that era. But Jamal, I need your help right now. Because me and BJ have been having a little debate today, a little conversation. Because <laughs> we need to get your opinion on this. Because the Uh-oh. question was, shout out to uh, Josiah on Twitter. He wanted to know if you were making a big three from NBA players for the next five years, which three guys are you building your team around? Now, before current I players. tell you, current players, yeah, yeah. Before I tell you who me and B went for, who would be your three guys that you build around? I'm factoring in health, everything. Yeah, for the next five years. Yeah, for the next five years, JC, you you go off for a championship. And you got a five-year window. Who are the three guys that are currently playing right now that you're gonna put? I'm going Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Giannis. That's very interesting. Can I ask <laughs> why? <laughs> because if you factor in, well, I'll break it down. If you factor in Giannis, he's durable, he doesn't miss games, he's curious. What I mean by his curious is he's always trying to get better. He's not like, hey, I'm a champion. Hey, I'm all NBA. He's curious. When you're curious, you're connected to your youth. When you're connected to your youth, you're still learning. So he's curious. So I want Giannis. Kyrie, because Kyrie's the best on the biggest stages. He's not going to let you down on the biggest stages. He's built for that. And he's a mismatch on every stage, every level. He's the one person you can look at and say he probably has a mismatch every single night. Which leads me to my next guy, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a mismatch every single night. Watching Kevin Durant play basketball is like watching water pour from a faucet. It's just, it's it's fluid, it's smooth, 
He can play with the other two guys. He can play with the ball. He can play without it. He can play catch and shoot game. He can play the game while I'm handling running pick and roll. So when you have those three guys, I feel like you're going to win championships. You put those three, that would be my three of the next five years. Who do you guys want? So I looked at it as the full five years. I want to win five championships in five years. Because in five years okay. from now, I want Kevin Durant was the first thought in my head. But Kevin Durant will be 38 five years from now. Kyrie Irving will be his game, his, game tra- his game transfers, Mo. Oh, 100%. 100%. But he'll, he'll always be seven feet. He'll always have the skill set. That's right. That's right. But he's out Measure right list. now. He, he's, he's been out for a long time now this season. He had a major surgery two seasons ago. He's missed time. Kyrie Irving's missed half the season. So it depends on the state that we're playing in, I guess. They changed the laws. So I went with Giannis. I think everyone has to have Giannis if we're looking at the next five years. And then I went with Jokic. And I went with Doncic because they're younger guys and they don't miss many games. They're going to show up every game. They're going to be there. And obviously, hopefully none of these guys get injured. But I just went with what I know will be reliable. I know those guys can play together. I know Jokic and Doncic in particular can play together. And Giannis is just an unstoppable force. So that's the three guys that I went with. BJ. Who'd you go with, B? I went with... Giannis, that's the, that's the one name that I see that's we're all consistent. This constant, I, went okay. with, I went with KD. Okay. Okay, for everything that you said. I, went, I respect you know, it. Okay, but here's the name. I, I'm a high-risk, high-reward. I went with Joel Embiid. I'm not against that either. I, I went see, with Joel the- because I want to be able to defend. And if I'm healthy, if, if I'm healthy... That's what I'm saying. High yeah, risk, yeah. high reward. I got to have high risk. I can run the table with that because yeah. I don't have to depend on the jump shot. And I'm, I, I love Kyrie. You got to love his talent. You I mean that, that man has? But you know what? JC was never bothered by a small guard. <laughs> True. True. JC yep. was never bothered by a small guard. Because J.C. understands when you are big, like J.C. as a guard, and you can play small, advantage all day, every day, twice on Sundays with the bigger player. With the bigger player, for sure. And that's, just, that's, just, that's just the fundamentals of the game. Like, I, I, nothing I can do against J.C. J.C. can shoot over me. J.C. can cross me. J.C. can step back. There's nothing I can do because of the size. I mean, it's... Now, if you got another small guard, Kyrie, and his his late game is crazy. His late game oh, is, as, is, is as crazy as it's crazy as, as Jamal, it seems. So. Just off the back of that, Jamal, which player do you look at right now in the league that reminds you the most of yourself? Wow. Little backstory. When I was a kid, I would say, I would ask people that in high school, like, man, who's my game around you up? Is it Penny? Is it Iverson? And they say, we're a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I was like, well, how am I going to make the league if I don't play like anybody there? And you fast forward, I still believe I don't really play like anybody now. But if I had to combine a couple players, Mm. I would say Kyrie from the ball handling aspect in some ways. I see some of the same similarities. Different. If I was a rapper and he was a rapper, he's like Kendrick. He's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, Dre Jay, where it's like it's like this. It's a, it's a it's a more yeah jazzy kind of rap, like you know what I mean. So something there, and then 
I think Kyrie's the closest, I would say. Just if it's just one person. Because Steph can shoot that thing, but he shoot it way out. And he, you know, Steph taking it to a whole nother level. But I would say, you know, I see some similarities of Steph and Kyrie, I would say, of the older generation that's playing. But the younger generation, I love DeJounte Murray. I love Kyrie. You, you know, you know, JC, you know, we're we talking about what the game looked like. And I right. want to say this right. about Jamal. It's when you are scouting and evaluating the player, it's two things you don't really know. You don't know what is in his mind, and you don't know what is in his heart until you get him. JC game is really JC got a game that's unique to, to, to Jamal Crawford. And I want to say this because I'm a little older. JC don't play like nobody you've really seen because you was you played on the island. You didn't mind playing against whoever. And you always knew how to create space. Yes. You would mentally, Mo, and this is a gift that he had. Jamal Crawford never ran away from the bright lights. No. Big time. Okay. That, that, that's, that's a gift. You don't teach somebody to be competitive. JC, wherever, the, if, if, if right now, if somebody called him and said they were having a run right now, JC would probably we're going. say, BJ, we're going. Mo, I got to go because there's a run. I gotta that's go. just who we're he going. is. That's we're who going. he is. Like down. mentally, that's where like his kids mind. Be, I don't turn down no smoke. I don't no, he no ain't. Smoke. No, no, no. And, nah, and that's, that what made, that's what made him really unique. Now, that's a gift. That's a gift. JC is not the biggest, strongest, nah. but mentally... JC loves the challenge more than probably what it all looked like because he was always studying other people's game. I think without knowing this, JC studied everybody in every era because fundamentally he knew how to transfer it from something he saw in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s and transfer it to this era. Because when you watch him, he would listen to everybody and he took from everybody. If you watch Allen Iverson, you see a little JC. If you watch Tim Hardaway, JC was a JC tried to dominate you. Yeah, you know, I didn't got this nice smile and nice. JC was, <laughs> and when the lights got bright, JC was he could have played with the Pistons, he could have played in all of that because yeah. mentally he was there. But the thing that made him who he was, and, and JC, and I, I don't, I've never told you this, but you are a Hall of Fame player. And I hope someday you get to the Hall of Fame because of what you did on that court. And that's because that man played with all his heart. When that man played, that man left it out there. And wow. those are the two things. Those are the two things you can't measure. You can't measure what's, how a man going to respond when that pressure get on him. And you really don't know until you draft him or watch him what's in his heart. The right. man got more heart than anybody, what he was able to do. And JC, I mean that. I think you are a Hall of Fame player. And I hope you get to the Hall of Fame because what you did in your career, 19,000, almost 20,000 points, on four different teams, what you was able to do speaks for itself. The fact that you scored over 10,000 points coming off but the bench. Jamal was the third shooting guard in NBA history to reach 16,000 points in his career. All, all time leading the NBA for four point plays. Sixth man of the year for three different teams and the oldest player to win at 36. The eighth player in NBA history to record 20 seasons. And when you look at the guys who did that, Vince Carr, Kevin Garnett, 
Dirk Nowitzki, Robert Parrish, Kevin Willis, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe Bryant. That's greatness. That's just pure. I'm not even saying that to guess him. That's just greatness. And man. he's ready I'm, for 21. He's ready for 21 right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. should, I just, should I just tell you, should I tell you from my perspective, right? Because obviously BJ has, has followed your career up close and personal. I followed your career from an entire ocean away over here in the UK. And my favorite thing That's about, my favorite thing about Jamal's game is he was actually a cheat code when it came to 2K. Because, <laughs> because when you play in 2K, when I'm playing with Jamal, I don't even have to think about what I'm doing. I'm just smashing that dribble stick in any direction and he's crossing over, guys. Because he just has the unlimited dribble package, the hezzy, the cross through the legs, behind the back, whatever you, I don't even have to think about it. I'm just, anytime I'm playing as the Clippers or whoever, I'm altering the lineups before the game. I'm putting Jamal in the starting lineup. Because I don't want to say, I'm, I'm putting him in the starting lineup. I'm sorry, JJ Redick, I'm putting Jamal in. But for me, <laughs> when I used to play- What was crazy about that? Go ahead, go ahead. What's crazy about that is I don't even play video games, and people would tell me that. Like, man, I, you're all I use on 2K. You're, you're the only one that can do this move on 2K. Yeah. They only let you do it. I'm like, whoa, this is because I don't play video games. So I had to, the kids had to tell me, but I really appreciate that because I've never not been connected to the kid I was that dreamed about this. Like BJ Armstrong knows my name. I would have never guessed that when I was a kid. Like, this is a dream. This is, and I always try to pay homage to everybody that came before me because I, I studied everybody. I, like, I'm a historian of the game. And the fact that some of these people and players, like, we had Tim Hardaway on the other day, and he said, Man, I would pay to watch you play. Like, this right. is air raid Tim Hardaway. Like, this is – and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because it's still like a dream for me. Like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it because I didn't – I dreamed about making it. I really did. I used to – I put my all in. I remember when I was a kid, I said, I'll, I'll pay the NBA to let me play. I don't got the money, but I'll do anything to get out there. So the fact so, that my heroes and all these legends, like, know my name, it's like, it's it's a dream. It won't never feel real, man, to be honest with you. Always feel connected to that kid. So thank you. If, if the NBA is listening and you can pay to play in a game, I'll pay whatever it takes to just give, give me the last 20 seconds of garbage time. Just let me check in and get up one shot. That's, it. That's all I want. Let's get up one. Get up one. Oh, man. Hey, JC, hold on. I want to finish. Hey, JC, on a side note, Mo, we have a little bet here. Mo is going to play in the celebrity game. And JC, he needs a coach. JC, the man, the man told me on air he's gonna score 30 points in the celebrity game. Uh, oh, you put that told pressure me. on yourself, huh? Yeah, he oh, put that pressure. JC, JC, can you give a I know you coach it right now. You coaching the kids yeah. there in Seattle. Can you help yeah. the man? Can you help the man? Because he said he's gonna score 30. Now he's announced all over Europe, and now everyone's tweeting and giving us. Can you help us, JC? Give us some pointers. How do, how do you score thirty in a in a in a in a in a game like that? Mo, can you shoot? Yes, that's that's the one thing I can do since my knee stopped working. The jump shot never can, went away. Can you, can you get to the basket, Mo? I'm I'm a heavy guy. If you're in my way, you'll get moved out of the way. <laughs> how, how many threes can you hit, Mo? It, it, what time span are we talking? In a row no, or, or over a game? Over the course of the game. Oh, well, here's my, here's my thing. The reason why I'm saying I could come out and drop 30 is I look at the celebrity team. I'm looking at them like, they can't guard me. This ain't a regular bug. I see Machine Gun Kelly with all due respect playing in that celebrity. He ain't guarding me. He all right, Mo, here, here, here. You want 30 here, I'm going to give you 30. You got to make five threes. Yep. You got to get two layups. 
right? That's 19. Yep. That's, That's 19. 19. Yep. Okay, you got to give me three mid-range shots. Yep. And you got to get five free throws. That's 30. Can you do it? I can do that. I can, I can do that. <laughs> you can do it. I'm not playing. I can write do that it. down, Mo. I can Mo, do it. Write that down. I'm going to write that Mo, down. Write it down. I, that, that, like with Harden, right? I, I said, when Harden was averaging 35, I said, this is how he's doing, right? He's shooting 14 threes a game. Let's say he makes five. That's 15 points. He's not taking no mid-range, so he's getting four layups. Now he's at 23 points, right? He's shooting 13 free throws. He's making 10. That's 33 points, and he's not even hot. He's just getting 33 because he got the formula. <laughs> this is the way I looked at it. When I was looking you at the game, I was like, I'm like <laughs> if I can hit eight points in a quarter, then we're nice. If I can get eight points every time I check into the game, then we're nice with it. I'm, I'm going to have to come to Seattle some training sessions. But so Mo, when I told, Mo, Mo, when I told PJ I figured it out, that's yep. what I was saying. Oh, I figured it out now. Yeah. Like, I figured out how to do it. Uh, listen, I'm going to come and learn from the best, but I just want to speak about Seattle basketball for a second. Because yes, whenever, yes, whenever we, we discuss any That's players good. from Seattle, when BJ and I are speaking, he goes, no, nah, listen, I'm going to have to call... What, what did you describe him as? The conciliary of Seattle? What, what, yeah, how do you he, describe he, it? He's the mayor. He's the, the mayor. mayor of Seattle. <laughs> Everything so, comes... You know, he went from the young guy to now he's the OG of yeah, Seattle. OG. If you want to so, know anything yeah. about the players up there, you got to call... Mr. Crawford. So he really, Jamal really put Seattle on the map. And now we see tons of talent coming out from your hometown. And you mentioned DeJounte earlier, and he was the first time All-Star this year. I just wanted to get your breakdown of his game and where you see, because I think a lot of teams slept on him in the draft, which I think was undeserved mm -hmm. because of whatever other reasons and the reasons weren't basketball. But how high do you think his ceiling is? And which other young players in Seattle right now should we be keeping an eye out for? Well, DeJounte, first off, is just, I'm going to be honest, Mo, the situation he came from, him going to college was a win. Him going to the NBA was like a super bonus because he really changed his life. And I got him when he was in sixth grade, and, and our brotherhood and friendship just really took off and grew. And to see him be an all-star, I was that wasn't even on my radar. I just wanted to help how I could change his life by getting him off what he was doing to, to, you know, give yourself a chance. And to see him do that, I was so proud. I was like beyond ecstatic because people are just now noticing how good he is as a basketball player. He could potentially win most improved this year. And this tells you he was up for most improved last year. Right. Like he was top five most improved last year. So mm -hmm. it shows you the growth and the sky's the limit. I remember tweeting and always saying like San Antonio, you got a star. I was saying this three years ago before, you know, even before the ACL injury. Mm -hmm. And to see how things are formulated, to see where he's taking it. And, and BJ, I'll tell you this, the Spurs, to me, have been like the gold standard for the last 20 years. Golden State's had a run. Golden, uh, you know, other teams have won championships. Miami's won championships over a spin. But gold, uh, San Antonio has been like the, the gold standard. And to get drafted into that and be accepted as a spur, he's like a spur. He didn't come there after free agency or any of that. He's a spur. He learned from Tony, Tim, you know, Manu, Kawhi. LaMarcus, DeMar DeRozan, and Pop, more importantly. Like, he's a spur. So his growth is, is out of this world good. And I think next on the list, we have Paolo Benquero at Duke. I think he's mm. a special one. You know, he's, he's one of the ones that's up next right now. What's he do well, JC? I, I've been watching him. I've been watching him tomorrow, yeah. too. I've been watching. What does he do well, JC? Yeah, I know you have. Give us the inside here, because you know, 
I call you every. Yes. It seems like yeah. once a week we talking about all of the players. But tell me, what does this young man do well? Like, I know what he's doing at Duke, but tell me, what does he do well, and how's that going to transfer to the next level? Well, first off, he's one of us. He loves the game. Mm. Absolutely. Now, JC, that's a big statement for you now. That's a huge statement. That's coming from the man who had the Michael Jordan co-sign on that exact statement for himself. He loves the game. He He purely loves the game. That's a huge statement. It's no gimmicks. It's none of that. He loves the game. And then he's always improving. He's always working. He's improving his body. He's improving athleticism. He's improving his IQ, whatever it is, he's he's game for it. But on the court, he can play out the mid-post area. And the thing that people don't realize, if you can play out the mid-post area and the post, you can control the game. Yeah, right? yeah. Because you, yeah, you see things differently. They can't double-team you. You're too, you know, you're too close to make Teaching now, Mo. He teaching. Yeah, he teaching now. You know, you can't you, – you can control the game differently. And he has that quality because he, he is a quarterback in football. And I say that for basketball because he's making the right reads. I've never seen a great passer be a, uh, somebody who's not intelligent because you have to see things differently. You have to see him develop differently. You have to see him before even the person you're passing to knows what you're doing. So he has that gift as well. He makes people better. The sky's the limit for him. He's still young. He's still learning, you know, different things on this journey as he should. But, you know, he's a, a can't-miss prospect. Can't miss. So, JC, how come you think so many great players are coming out of that area? Like, what are you guys doing up there? I know you had a summer league. I don't know if you're still doing it. I know now you're coaching the program. Why so many players, Jason Terry, yourself, Isaiah Thomas, Brandon Roy, I Nate mean, Robinson, Nate Robinson, like why, why is the level of play so high up there and you guys are producing all of these pros? The, the best way to spell it out in, in letters is T-I-M-E, time. We put time in. Like there's a, a seventh grader right now who can text me and ask for advice about something or a guy in college, like break down this film, Zach Levine, or Jonathan Murray, can I get in the gym with you? Isaiah, can I work out with you? So the ecosystem we've created, you know, when I was in Chicago, B, I would see, I would see Finley at the gym or Tim Hardaway at the gym or Antoine at the gym, but I didn't necessarily see them all together outside of that. We're mm-hmm. together outside of that. And that's the only thing we want is when you make it, there's an eighth grader who needs you. There's a sixth grader. You can change the course of his life because he may be doing the wrong things right now or fifth grader or whatever it is. And we care so much, no matter where we go in our basketball journeys, we've always been connected to Seattle. So they have a big brother, so to speak, to look down for them. Doug Christie and Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, they did it for me, and it changed my life. So I said, mm. when I make it, I want to do it for the next generation. And that's when you get Brandon and Nate and Isaiah, yeah. and then you get DeJounte and, and Zach Levine and all these guys coming out. And the way it just really started, it's not the crabs in the bucket mentality. We're like, no, nah, I made it. I got the blueprint. Follow me. We can do it this way. And that's why, and like you said earlier, B, they're not just listening, they're applying. And that's right. the difference. You and, know what I mean? And that's what makes our ecosystem what it is. Man, I wish more neighborhoods had role models like yourselves that were doing that. But yep. not only is it the pathway to the NBA and playing basketball that you're laying a foundation for, you're now starting to conquer the media world as well. You've got the Hooper <laughs> yeah. streams with, with Quinton Richardson. I see you and KG doing a bunch of stuff on his new show. Talk to us a little bit about that. Why did you decide to transition into the media? Or not even transition into the media. I guess while you wait to return to the league, spend some time doing the media and teaching the game through, <laughs> through that way. And, and JC, where we can follow you? Because you know what? You are active 
on yeah, Twitter. Very You're very active. So where we can follow you? And, and that's a great question, Mo. That's the only thing I got right now, y'all. It's Twitter. I got. It's a, I was late to the party on that one. I got Jay Crossover, and I'm sure as I continue to get more and dive into media, I may get an Instagram TikTok? or you know, something like that. I'm sorry. No, no, TikTok. No TikTok. I don't. A step at a time, Mo. <laughs> I'm gonna get you right, Jay. I'm gonna get you right. Don't worry. Holler me after this. I'm gonna get you right with it. Don't worry. I'm about to teach PJ right. about TikTok as well. There you go. But but um, you had me on there dancing and everything, Mo. See the moves just on the court. Man. Oh, I mean, no, no, we, we don't dance, man. We keep it G wherever we go. Don't. There's, there's a way to do these things. But but sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Like, uh, hey, but yeah. no, it, it's just for me. I love it. I've been bit by the bug, to be honest with you. Like. It's amazing because now I love talking the game. Like these conversations I'm having now on TV and these platforms, these are the same conversations I was having with my friends in the inner circle about basketball. So now for me, like B said, I was so in love with the game when I was actively playing that people only saw me in that regard. You didn't see me in movies or commercials. I was to the game and to home to watch the game some more, right? I have a t-shirt that says ball's life. My wife's like, that's an understatement for you. So the TV part of it, I'm really enjoying. I'm really, because when you're, when you're talking, you're teaching, right? And, there's another generation out there you can introduce to certain people. Mo, before the pandemic and during when it first started, I would tweet five guys every night that I was watching just to put on the hot seat, learn from. One night I remember I had BJ, I had Kenny Anderson, I had uh, I think <laughs> Tim Hardaway. No, I'm serious. Tim Hardaway, I think I had Rod Strickland. That was my night. Damon Stoudemire. I think those yeah. five were my five that night. And it's amazing on social media because – the younger generation, like, yo, let me go check them out. Then they would come back like, yo, I didn't know, you know, BJ had that pull-up three or whatever it might be. So it was my way of introducing the younger crowd to the generation I grew up on. And I did it every single night. I got to about 150 players before I, I kind of like, okay, let me go a different route with it. But that I was introducing to the younger generation. And for me, it was so cool because I, did, I know they didn't know how cold Nick Van Axel was. Or mock mood, or yeah, you know, so it was yeah. it was that we, way we, of introducing. BJ and I had this exact same conversation yesterday, and those names that you just listed are the same ones we were talking. Because you put out a tweet about BD Baron Davis, teaching. Because now oh. kids, even younger now, they don't even know yeah, about okay, the two right, thousands and these guys coming up. So right. So I, think so that's I feel fantastic. like it's my duty, bro. Yeah, I feel like it's my. To be honest with you, and I'm not saying this. I don't take this lightly, and I'm not saying this to brag. I I feel like I have the ear of the culture. So I, th yeah. I feel like it's my duty, sure. to, since I have this platform, to tell y'all like who we grew up on, who inspired us. Because you may see me, but this is the tree I come from, right? This is the, this is, that was the root. These are, I was just part of a branch that grew off of it and, and, you know, made my own way and made my own little mix of it. But so it's my duty to introduce these, these, this generation to the people I grew up on and the people who laid the foundation for us who were cold. They just didn't have social media. They were cold, too. Well, you know, JC, you know, you and I will end up talking all day. And I just want to say this. B, we went an hour that fast. It's I know, like I know. It's we way too quick. Wait, we yeah, we need quick. a part two. Yeah, we need a part we do, hey, And we hopefully you'll come back. Hopefully two. you'll come back. We, you know, we, we got to do part two. Yeah, we want to be respectful to your time. But I, I want to say this. It's been a privilege and an honor to have seen you as an 18, 19 year old man, when I first met you, a young man, now you have kids of your own, you're coaching your yes. kids and you have a family. And to see you, you know, Jay crossover, to see how you've just 
you know, you've quietly gone about your business and now you're in the media and you're doing the things. And JC, I'm going to tell you what, I, I couldn't be pro more proud of a human being than watching you and being here and being able to talk to you and hear, see you now. And when I would come to the Clippers games, I would you be so proud. Right I would sit right there and just watch you do your thing. And because I've been watching you from the beginning. And uh, absolutely, I love you. You're the best. I love you. Family and all of the people. When you say an ambassador and a lifer, this is what it looks like. Is Jamal Crawford? He loves the game, teach the game, and I hope that you can go over to to Europe and all the places around the world because if you see, he will talk basketball with you at any time. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> anytime. That's a non-negotiable. Yeah, non it's great. Not, and, and thank you so much. No, thank you so much. I just want to say that. Thank you. I really mean it. And Mo, you know, we meet a lot of people, but I've only met one like this. That's he's, a, he's an incredible, incredible young man. And his future is so bright and what he's going to do. So thanks again for taking the time with us, JC. And hopefully you'll yeah. come back again. And then we'll start getting into how we really talk where we can start going back and going with players and all of that. Yeah, this man yeah. knows basketball. <laughs> that, that, that has to happen. That's a non-negotiable. Ain't no doubt about that. This is what no I wanted doubt. to say. What I, what I wanted to add from what BJ was saying is anytime you want to put up in London, we got a home for you right here. Yes. I'm going to yeah. take you some pickup games, show you how we ball over here. You might be surprised. The level of talent. Mo, Mo, I might. Mo, Mo, you know I got 10 moves I've never pulled out, right? I might pull one of the things out. Oh, stop it, man. Hey, Mo, the spirit might move me. I might pull one of the things out. We're going to have to make that happen. You got to make it happen. And GMs, if you're listening, well, I know you're listening. I know Get this man on the roster for that final push. Get this man as ready. This is ready right now. This is one thing I wanted to say just before we wrap up here real quick is I think there is a problem in the NBA right now that the young players on teams are extremely talented, but they don't have anyone to learn from. When I look at teams, I'm, I'm not going to say the teams and the players because I don't want to disrespect anyone, but I look at a lot right. of teams and a lot of young players right now whose careers would be helped a lot by a veteran on the roster who can lead by example on a day to day even if it's not putting up 30, 40 minutes a night, the things like the routine, the work ethic, what it takes to take care of your body to be able to play for 20 years. So to the GMs who are listening, because I see you guys, this man right here <laughs> is getting the co-sign. Because you know we don't play no games. We don't co-sign just anybody. Jamal Crawford, oh. that special right here. Hey, Mo, and what you just said transferred to life for me, right? It's not even about just sport. If you want to be a great actor and, you know, you have Denzel or Samuel Jackson, who better to learn from? That's the thing in life, right? It's not just sport. It's like, I, and you were 100% correct, vets, I didn't learn to be a pro until I had vets right there next to me. And that's what I'm learning. Like, okay, that's what it is to be a professional. Because this is a difference of being in the NBA and being a professional or being in the NFL and being a professional. But vets in life, like if I want to be a photographer and I can get an internship with Andy Bernstein, who shoots all the NBA stuff, Legendary. right? Like, right. right. Shout out to him. Like, that's the part I don't understand. Not for me, but for all the vets that are out there, because this is something that's going on for Boogie Cousins went through it. Isaiah Thomas went through it, right? And, and that part, 
And I, and I, like I said, it's my duty when I speak about it, not to speak up for me so much, but for those guys, for the guys out there who I know could help, you know, and, and, and that's the part that frustrates me. And I'm going to keep banging on that door until they continue to let guys in, mm. you know, to fight that fight. But absolutely. Yeah, man. We, we need you to keep doing that. And we're going to be supporting you the whole way through. Jamal, I just want to thank you again for giving up your time, joining us on the show. Absolutely. And it's been a pleasure and an honor to have you here. And also, we're 50 episodes in. We started on January the 3rd this year. That's just two months. So this is, 50, so Mo, this is 51? This is 50. This is We saved number 50 to bring you on. You, you know a thing or two about 50 hey, point hey, games. You know, you know. Hey, Mo, you know on the streets they call me 50 Ball Mall. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why. That's why. You got it, man. Yeah. You got it. So I just wanted to say real quick, though. I want to I want to send some appreciation to Mr. BJ Armstrong himself, who puts Absolutely. up with me, annoying him at all hours of the day with my takes and my opinions. And someone who's, <laughs> who's taught me invaluable lessons, not just about basketball, but about life as well. You see, this show Absolutely. is now a daily show. That wasn't happening before BJ was around. He gives up his time every day to share his knowledge, not just to me, but to everyone at home as well. Mo, can I can I add on to that? And B, and seriously, I'm always like a kid when I'm talking to B. He don't even know this. I, it always takes me back to my childhood. But BJ, in this business where there's so many takers, there's so many, you know, fly-by-nights and so many people who won't stand tall through it all, BJ's always been a giver. That's the only way I know him as, as a giver. Whether it was to me or Derrick Rose or whoever it is he encounters, he's to Jerry Krause, rest in peace. He's always been a giver. He's always given his time. He's always given his energy. He's always given his love. And that's why he's gonna always be blessed. He's gonna always win because he that's comes facts. from a pure place. He's always pure. It's no agendas with him. That's so facts. yeah, absolutely, I thank you. That's the OG for real. I want you guys who are listening to this, show some OG love to, to Jamal and BJ, both on social media because they don't have to be here. They don't have to be rocking with me. They're, you guys don't have to be rocking with me, but we're here. We're putting this show out for you every single day. So if you enjoyed that, make sure you tell a friend to come and listen, join the wave and rock with us. Make sure you subscribe, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to the show. And most importantly, I'm sure Jamal will co-sign this, get buckets.